Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we are back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today it is no different. I have Mr. Brock Drazen from Merritt College. Brock, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Hey, good, Ahmed. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. Brock, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, um, let's go back in time. Who was Brock as a young man at school? Uh, well, I, I grew up in uh, Binghamton, New York, upstate New York, and uh, uh, had six siblings, and we we play, play, play. We played a lot of sports. We played football, baseball, basketball, tennis, golf. We made up our own game. We played wiffle ball and street hockey, and I was just a, a sports uh, junkie when I was a kid, watched everything, and uh, when I went to college, uh, I went to a small a liberal arts college called Hobart and William Smith. And there I was involved in some administrative roles, really. I was an intramural sport director. Uh, I actually became an NCAA Division III women's soccer official. Um, and then uh, I worked in the college radio station and I broadcast uh, hockey and basketball. And uh, and right after school, I worked in minor league uh, professional baseball. Uh, it was uh, Class A, the Geneva Cubs. I was assistant general manager. And uh, so then I, I came out to California after that, I, right after my uh, bachelor's degree and that, and that experience with the Geneva Cubs. I came to California. I thought I was moving to the beach. <laughs> Turned out, uh, I didn't know, you know, that was before the internet. So uh, came out here and then uh, immediately continued kind of doing the things that I really enjoyed. My first job was in the Cal Berkeley Recreation Department. And uh, I started uh, just doing whatever, whatever grunt jobs they had for me. And um, in the meantime, uh, my dad and my, if, my dad really wanted me to be a lawyer. He always thought having a professional degree would um, be something I could always fall back on no matter what. And uh, I did, I followed through, I got my uh, law degree. I practiced law in the 1990s. And, uh, and then I, I kind of started transitioning in a strange way. I, I started uh, playing, um, junior college sports. I played junior college tennis and uh, junior college uh, cross country and track and field at Merritt where I work right now. And I played uh, some, what they call semi-pro uh, football for the Alameda County Knights. And uh, I started coaching. <laughs> so it was kind of a, a weird up and down. I, I went back and got a master's degree uh, when, I, when I became interested in coaching. 
and uh, got my master's degree, became a head coach of track and field at Merritt College. And then uh, two and a half years ago, uh, I became the athletic director at Merritt. So that's kind of my, that's my uh, sort of pathway to being, becoming an athletic director. Very, very different. Um, law, attorney, uh, then sport, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not conventional, but let's just say that it's different, but it's, but it's interesting. Let's get back. Uh, you said you played many sports when, when you were younger. Was there one that, that, that you really focused on? No, I don't know. You know, I, I can't say that, that there was. I think back in those days, um, sport wasn't as specialized as it is now. Uh, we played everything. Um, and uh, that's what made, I think, that's what made sport so fun is that just having the experiences of playing football and then playing golf or tennis and then playing basketball or playing hockey, just um, all, all sports were, were, were fun. And I think ultimately I'm a big proponent of that um, even now. I think it's really, it's really good for young people to have those different experiences well makes instead sense. of just uh specializing in sport yeah i know some 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 of the pro sports earlier on um they encourage people to so for example in australia a lot of the uh afl which is australian football league athletes when they're younger they play basketball as well as Aussie rules. So those two sports, for some reason, seem to be the, uh, for many people, the recipe to playing in the pro league, one of the elements, of the recipe. So yeah, it's not, it's, there's, there's, there's definitely some, some signs behind it all. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so with uh, coordination, all, all the different skills that each sport brings to uh, the body, <laughs> you know, your body of work, uh, be, you become, um, I, I think it just makes an athlete more well-rounded and um, overall a better, a better quality athlete. Let's, let, let's talk about your college experience. I mean, getting into college, participating in college, um, then life after college. I mean, how'd you go from getting through college, from getting into college, the college journey, and then getting a job after college? I sometimes think I never left college, you know? <laughs> college has been part of my life since like 1982. Wow, um, wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, when I started undergrad and then, uh, I just kept going to college. <laughs> I uh, really enjoyed the, uh, the opportunities that uh, being a student provided, I think, you know, it just, uh, it really pursue passions while you're a student. And, um, and I was working and working on the side or working to support myself while I did it. And it seemed very manageable. I mean, even I was even while I was a lawyer, I was I was in junior college. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I, 
yeah so i don't know i just think that um it's helped me stay young over the years i mean even just being at merit since well since 2001 as an athlete um, all the way through to now working with students it just keeps me young and motivated and and um just i just think there's there's nothing like being an athlete being around athletes being around people that want to live right in the present moment instinctually and 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 that's what athletes do when they're at their best so yeah absolutely um let's move on to nil um big topic in recent times very big topic moving forward going to be a bit of a game changer in the collegiate sporting uh, ecosystem or world let's say you were able to monetize on your nil back in your days as the as a college athlete playing um whatever sports you played would you do you think you would go for 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 the option to monetize your nil and how how how, how would that have made your journey different well, I think uh, nowadays it's much more possible to monetize your NIL, your name, image, and likeness. Um, whereas back in those days, uh, there just wasn't the same opportunity that we have now, um, like this platform that you have here. Uh, I mean, students have nowadays access to to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, Facebook. Snapchat, all, all these different ways that they can get their name, image, and likeness out there. Um, whereas in my day, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't the same. I mean, we had just uh, exploded. This technology has exploded on the scene, and I think uh, that's why this is a big issue now. Um, it was interesting to look at, uh, you know. The um, I think it, it all really started with this Ed O'Bannon case. I don't know if you if you heard about the case that he filed in 2009. Yeah. And Ed O'Bannon was a UCLA basketball player in 1995 when they won the, the NCAA championship. And all of a sudden in, in 2009, my understanding is that EA Sports came out with a college basketball video game with Ed O'Bannon on the on the front cover of the of the game and as one of the players in the in the game and he just uh you know that's four, 14 14 years out of being in college and he wasn't going to get a penny for that he he had signed away being the old rule for the ncaa was you know you're a student athlete you sign away your basically your rights to publicity. You sign over to the NCAA your rights um, to your own name, image, and likeness, and they can use it uh, in unlimited ways to make money. So EA Sports made money and the NCAA made money and probably UCLA made money. But Ed O'Bannon in 2009, 14 years out of being a college athlete was uh, couldn't be compensated at all which was so that was really interesting and that 
that case dragged all the way through to 2016. Uh, and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is right here locally, it's in San Francisco, they determined that um, the NCAA was, um, was basically uh, um, using, using these athletes in, inappropriately, that um, they can't prohibit an athlete from being compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness, that that would violate an antitrust rule because a student athlete has nowhere really else to go, but you know, when they're a college athlete and they're sort of stuck in that system, um, so that the court ruled that he could be compensated. And then that started opening the door to more cases in 2016 through the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco. And then what I find out is California, the legislature in California, now realizing that the federal court in their state has made this ruling, um, California became the first state to uh, create a law in 2019 to address it. But it's a sort of a, a little bit of a soft law and doesn't go into effect until um, 2023. And um, for community colleges, we're, re we're required to provide uh, some guidance to the state legislature by July of 2021 on how we'd like to see things proceed. So this stuff is like going on like right now. And then Florida came up in 2020 with a much more aggressive law that basically just said, we want an open market um, and the NCAA can't prohibit uh, student athletes from being, from, you know, taking advantage of their name, image and likeness and not allowing the student athlete to make money themselves. And uh, now the Supreme Court has just decided most, I think just a couple of days ago, maybe December 19th or 20th, they decided to hear a case, which they'll hear in 2021, that really, I think really is gonna get the, at the crux of it is, is what is uh, an amateur athlete. And the NCA keeps claiming that somehow by giving the student athletes um, the access or the opportunities of using their own name, image, and likeness that it will somehow um, detract from amateurism. And so I think ultimately it's going to be up to that, you know, these legislatures and the Supreme Court to define what um, amateurism is. And I'm, I'm thinking, my thought is, initially is that it may just come down to pay, pay for play, maybe the only thing that, that where the line is drawn is that perhaps student athletes won't be allowed to get paid for their performances on the field, direct pay for play. But other than that, I think it's gonna be very hard for um, the NCA to maintain any of the kind of control that they want to have over a student's name, image, and likeness. And they're going to have to pay for, uh, they're going to have to share some of the money that they make off student athletes, right? But they've been making for many, many years. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so we're, we're really seeing a twist and a turn in how uh, the, the norm is being disrupted on many levels, really. And from, from more signs, I mean, the states are seemingly very open to really having this push through. And, you know, when you have Florida come out and say there's an open market, they want an open market. California's endorsed that. A lot of the others, in, in my opinion, will do the same. Having a conservative Supreme Court, I think, as well, with, with the mentality of freedom, speech, allowing people, letting them to do what they um, need, need to do or want to do, I think they'll also push in, in that way. And, and I may be wrong, but that's, that's my opinion. Um, so we're really seeing from all angles a real push to try and enable these 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 young ones to be able to make money so they don't sleep hungry, be, be able to make money so they don't have to sleep in cars or on boats or, you know, it's tough. It's tough. And I think, you know, it, it, out here there is um... – there's levels though, right? The NCAA has three levels. They have division one, division two, and division three. And you have, and that's, that comprises about oh, half a million student athletes right there. Plus, yeah, absolutely. And then you've got the NAIA, which is a whole separate organization. And they've got about 65,000 student athletes. You got the National Junior Community College Athletic Association, which is 60,000 students. And then in California, you have the uh, California Community College Athletic Association with 26,000 student athletes. So you've got about wow. 650,000 college student athletes, but at different kind of different tiers. So how this plays out, um, you know, is it really going to help a community college athlete in California uh, more or evenly or equitably compared to a D1 football superstar quarterback? Is that quarterback going to be on a level playing field with uh, a junior college uh, female badminton player? <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't know if that's really going to get addressed in the, in the name, image, and likeness um, discussion. I would like to see more opportunities for our community college athletes. Um, whether this will be the route, I don't know, but it, it could start opening doors. It definitely would allow any student athlete to um, try to monetize their name, image, and likeness. They can, they don't have to pretend that they're not a student athlete <laughs> in order to make money. They can say they're a student athlete and they're interested in training somebody or they're, or they want to um, show off their skills and get paid for it um, to a third party or a sponsor a third party um, product, you know, this is, these are all opportunities that will come along, but it may be that those quarterbacks in the D1 big uh, NCA programs are going to get more of those sponsorship opportunities than somebody 
um, at a different level. So that should be an interesting aspect of it as well. You know, is this just for a small, tiny percentage of 650,000 student athletes, or is this going to be an equal opportunity for all student athletes to take advantage of and pursue their their um, passions freely? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so many people are gonna tell student athletes what to do to monetize but not many people will tell them what not to do and what, what, what to look out for so they don't fall into rabbit holes and mistakes that could cost them their, their uh, academic careers. Because if you, you align yourself with, with the wrong brand or a wrong, or a wrong company or something, you can ruin, really ruin your, your future. What, what, is, what are some of the things that you would tell student athletes to be very wary of? stay away from and think twice three times four times before going into a deal don't just look at the money look at your future look at life after college right well i think a student athlete really um should try to find somebody that they trust in their in their circle or a parent a pastor or family friend um someone who they really can confide in and talk to and get advice from, um, perhaps a coach, uh, or if they're interested in certain colleges, to talk to those colleges in advance of signing a national letter of intent or enrolling at that school to find out what, what, are, what acts exactly are the rules surrounding NIO and how can that college provides support or information or education about the rules. So I think it's really gonna be important for a student athlete to have someone they trust uh, and then become educated. The student, student athletes should become educated. We do have nowadays this access to information on, on social media platforms. So they really can become educated about what they can and can't do. Um, I know that that a student athlete in some of these laws, and I know the NCA. The NCA actually has their uh, big conference coming up in January, here just in, a, in less than a month, where they're going to be uh, talking about their proposals for NIL. And I know that part of that is going to be student athletes can't promote product or services. Uh, prohibited by institutions or the NCAA. Like, I, I would think a student should be savvy enough to know they shouldn't be uh, giving their name, image, or likeness to uh, alcohol or gambling or cigarettes or drugs. <laughs> that that probably would create a problem. But, um, and definitely, no matter what the student is involved in, I think they should report it they should report their activities to an eligibility department, an athletic director, a coach, and get some feedback on whether it is um, um, legal or within, the, uh, within their rights so that they know whatever they're doing is not violating some policy that they're not aware of because this is it's gonna be very detailed policies and, and things that 
we're going to be slicing very thin. Um, one thing might be okay, and just a slight twist of it, it may be some violation. So students have to really be careful. And they may be approached by now this is going to open up opportunities for professional service providers, tax consultants, agents, marketing firms, and they're going to be um, hitting up any any student athlete who's successful um, in high school or is having that success in college maybe will start getting these um, start hearing from these service providers and that can be very uh, intimidating um, you get a good salesman a fast talker and all of a sudden a student is you know just in the wrong so, yeah <laughs> sign up now instead of signing his name, image, and likeness over to the NCAA, he signed he signed over something to a professional service provider that gave, gave them some kind of advantage over the student. So there's a lot of potential pitfalls, um, and the, the institutions should be able to help vet the services as well. If not a, a family friend or a parent or a pastor or somebody, the, the institution itself. I think the student should ask for assistance and become students these days have to come out of their shell you know it's not it's um not a time to be an introvert i don't think <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not man. Protect, they've got to protect their interests absolutely wow uh, some very valid points things to learn from things to consider definitely um going to be an interesting 12 months ahead. We're going to see a lot of changes. We're going to see a, a, a lot of sharks swarming early on. That's the truth. Um, it's really going to be interesting. I hope, I hope these students can really um, be cautious with what they do early on, because it can really damage a lot of, a lot of their careers. And we'll be, as an organization, hitting up a lot of content on what not to do, because that's really a really important uh, focus for us, because we, we, we want to help protect these young ones. Um, Brock, thank you very much. You've been amazing. I really appreciate you joining me, taking the time at, at your busy day to chat, chat with me about, N, about NIL and you know your whole career, which has been great. Um, before we sign off, where can people get, get in touch with you online? Well, let's see. I'm Brock Drazen on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not too active there, but uh, Merit underscore track on Instagram. Uh, Merit track field is one word on YouTube. Nice. Uh, Merit College, of course, you can just Google Merit College. And uh, my email address is bdrazen, B-D-R-A-Z-E-N at peralta.edu, P-E-R-A-L-T-A dot E-D-U. And Very nice. Shout out to Merrick College Athletics. Whole <laughs> <laughs> uh, Merrick College family. I just want to let them know. Awesome. How many more shout outs can I do? I got it. As many as you want, mate. You can, you can, you can just let them go. All my, all my buddies from, from uh, our hometown in Binghamton, New York, and uh, my, my family, brothers and sisters, and uh, yeah, just uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to be on, on here today and 
glad that you're out here uh, trying to provide uh, information for student athletes. I think that's going to be really important when the time comes for them to start figuring out what their uh, what what their role is going to be. Absolutely, um, Mr. Bock Dresden. Thank you very much. I really once again. Thank you for joining me on, on, on the show. This episode will be published on YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, some clips on Instagram and LinkedIn, and as well as our audio podcast where most of you tune into. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Brock, for joining me. And once again, thank you all for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?